studying about the cross of Christ. Cross, you know, means different things to different people. For some, it's, it's just a symbol. It's just an image. For some, it's an elongated mathematical symbol. For some, it could be a piece of jewelry. For a heavy metal fan, it's, it's something that, you know, something so essential and so on. Cross means different things to different people. But the Bible says, you know, that it's foolishness to those who are perishing. The message of the cross, it's foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. And the cross is so central to the message of the church. The message of the cross is so central. If we take that away, there's, there's nothing left. There's no power for transformation. There's no change. There's no meaning if you take that away. So it's so central. And we also saw that you know, the very reason that Jesus came was to go to the cross. The very reason, the purpose of his incarnation was to go to the cross. So much so that uh, there were many attempts to prevent him from going to the cross. You know, Peter, he goes to Jesus. He takes him aside. You know, probably he was the first believer to ever rebuke Jesus. You know, the Bible says he rebuked Jesus. He said, Lord, it shall not be so. Jesus was t- talking to his disciples and he said, you know, uh, this is what is going to happen. This is, this is what, uh, you know, this is how I will die. I have to go to the cross. But Peter takes him aside and says, Lord, it shall not be so. You know, stop saying these things. And Jesus had to rebuke him and say, you know, get behind me, Satan, for you are, you know, not concerned about the things of God. So many attempts. But, but Jesus was so focused that he spoke about his death many times. He's, and he also spoke about the cross. So it was very, very important, the cross and why he came and the reason he came. And then we, we also saw about uh, the early church and how they preached the message of the cross. Peter preached it, Paul preached it, and the effects were amazing. The results were amazing. What followed the preaching of the cross? Then we also saw about the shadows of the cross last Sunday. We saw that there were some events which happened in the Old Testament. We think that they were some maybe random events. But looking back now, we see that they were pointing or they were types of the cross, of what was going to happen at the cross. And we saw a lot of things, the Levitical um, sacrifices that were done and the fact that God clothed Adam and Eve with the skin of animals, God covering the guilty with uh, the skin of animals, innocent animals. So they had to die in order to cover the guilty. And we see that happening at the cross. And we looked at the serpent that was lifted up in Numbers 21. Uh, Moses lifted up that serpent, the bronze serpent. And we see that everyone who was bitten by the fiery serpents were healed. And Jesus talks about that in John chapter 3. And he says, you know, like that, the Son of Man will be lifted up. And whoever, whoever looks at him will be saved. So... Whoever looks, whoever calls will step out from death and into life. And we see amazing things like that, types of the actual substance which happened, which is the cross. So we studied that uh, last Sunday. And this Sunday, today, we're going to look at uh, the cross in prophecy. There were many things that were prophesied about the cross in many places. For example, the book of Psalms. When you see the book of Psalms, 
um, apparently there are at least 23 references to Christ in the book of Psalms alone. 23 references. And they are all fulfilled in the gospel, the gospels, in the book of Acts, and uh, the Hebrews as well. All fulfilled. So we're going to look at, uh, we're going to turn to the book of Psalms and we're going to look at uh, some of these scriptures. So if you, you know, it's going to be like a study, right? Uh, it's not an inspirational kind of thing. So you're going to just look at the scripture and allow scripture to talk to us, allow the Holy Spirit to quicken uh, to our hearts. So I'm just facilitating here, right? The scriptures will talk for themselves. So we, we look at the book of Psalms chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Okay, it talks about God's only begotten. Psalm 2 and verse 7, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And this we see is quoted verbatim in Acts chapter 13 and verse 33. Many years, hundreds of years, after this was written. Acts chapter 13 and verse 33. Let me quickly read this. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. This is Luke writing and he's talking about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And he says, as it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And you'll see that God the Father himself testifying about the begotten son. When Jesus came out, of the waters of baptism and the heavens opened and there was a voice. This is my beloved or begotten or unique. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we see that. And then we see Psalm 22. If you can turn over to Psalm 22 and verse 1. Um, declares, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? And we know that um, it's a familiar cry, right? This is the cry of our Lord Jesus on the cross. And we see that recorded for us in Matthew 27 and verse 46. It says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And thirdly, we see the reproach of the people. There were many who rejected the Lord Jesus. There were many who ridiculed him and made fun of him and while he was on the cross. Let's look at uh, Psalm 22 and verses 7 and 8. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. And we see the account happening in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 verses 35 to 37. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. You go down to Psalm 22 and verse 16. It says, For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And sometimes we think maybe it's, you know, it's a very random thing. You're pulling some verse here and then trying to you know, connect here. You know, look, look at the next one. Psalm 22 and verse 18 says, They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. 
And we see this again in Matthew 27 and 35. It says, Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And about the bones of Jesus being, not one of them being broken. They were all unbroken. Psalm 34 and verse 20 says, He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. And John chapter 19, John writes for us, and this is what he says, verse 34 to 36. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. He says, but he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. He's talking about himself, about what he has seen, and he's testifying that, and he says, you know, this is the truth so that you may believe. Verse 36, for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Many hundreds of years ago. And he remembers, the Holy Spirit quickens, and he remembers and he says, these were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. Not one of his bones shall be broken. And then in Psalm 35 verse 11, it talks about fierce witnesses rising up. And we see that. There were many false witnesses who rose up and fiercely accused Jesus wrongly. And also about the betrayal. We see Psalm 41 and verse 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And Luke 22, verses 47 and 48. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he who was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas... Are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Now these are just a few, maybe just seven references from the Psalms, just from the book of Psalms, pointing to the cross. And we see the fulfillment of it in the Gospels, recorded for us in the Gospels. Every word, casting lots, dividing the garments, not one of the bones being broken. You know, when Scripture says, when Jesus says, Behold, every hair of your head is numbered. Not one of them will fall to the ground. And sometimes we think, maybe it's a, it's a figure of speech. Maybe it's a hyperbole. You know, there are idioms and phrases in the Bible. There are hyperboles in the Bible. It, this is the truth. That the God who said, I know every hair of your head, which means, I don't know how many hair a person, average human being has, I'm just shooting one figure. Okay, 60,397. But God knows it. Because you look at these scriptures in the psalm, you look at these, not one word is out of place. Amen? Not one word is out of place. And you see the fulfillment of it. And that's the beauty of it. And they knew and they realized, hey, this is what was written centuries ago. And it's the same God you know, who's reaching out to us who's comforting us and who has probably spoken words of prophecy through his servants over you. Don't take those words for granted. Amen? Test it. But if it's found and tested and it's aligned with the word of God, you receive it. It will come to pass. As long as we hold on to it, as long as we are faithful, you know, as long as we wait, it will come to pass. Amen? That's the word of God. And that's the God of the Bible that we're dealing with. That's the God of the Bible. And he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
I will be with you till the end of the ages. I will lead you in a triumphant procession in Christ Jesus. He says, whatever is born of the word overcomes the world. And that's about you and I. It seems astounding. You know, you look at these verses, it seems unbelievable. But it's truth. And whatever God has spoken over your life, and whatever God is speaking to you, well, let's never underestimate that. Because it's God who is speaking. And he's not man that he should lie. Amen. Let's move on to uh, another portion, which is uh, Isaiah 52 and verses um, 13 onwards. Now, this is a slightly lengthy portion. We're going to go over it verse for verse. Isaiah 52 and verse 13 and all the way to uh, Isaiah chapter 53 and uh, end of that chapter, verse 12. Okay? And this was prophesied about six centuries, about 600 years before Christ came. Okay, six centuries. And when you read this, you'll be amazed by the details there and what it means to us who are living on this side of the cross. Amen. Let's look and let's go over it verse by verse. 52 and verse 13, it says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. And Philippians 2.9 says, And he, behold, God has exalted him and placed him in the highest place and given him a name above every other name. Verse 14, Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Saying his face and his form, his face and his body were, were marred more than any man. The suffering that he underwent, the suffering that he partook of for our sakes, it was more than any man. Which means it was unparalleled. There's nothing you can say, you know, it was like this. Because it was more than that. Unparalleled suffering. Verse 15, so shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The word there is you know, startle many nations. Not just the Jewish nation, but also the Gentile nations. You know, to the Jewish nation, the word, the prophecy, everything was given to Gentile nations. No, but they shall hear about it. They shall consider. And they shall also be sprinkled in, in a way they shall be cleansed. The Gentile nations. Isaiah 53, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. And John quotes this verse in John chapter 12 and he says, you know, he did many signs, many wonders, but people yet they have not believed and yet they reject him. And he quotes this very verse, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. As a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground talking about the unlikely soil or the unexpected arrival, the way he arrived on the scene, unexpected, as a root out of dry ground. No one expected him to come that way. But that's how he arrived. That's how he came on the scene, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Amen. You know, we've heard these verses. We've read these verses so many times. And sometimes it just goes over. You know, because we're so familiar with it. We, we hear it every Good Friday and maybe every other. But we become very familiar with it. Verse 4 says he bore or he carried our griefs. The Hebrew word there is koili, which means sickness. He carried our sicknesses. He carried our sicknesses. What, what sickness can you think of right now? Can you shout out some sickness? Okay, cancer, common cold, flu, fever, arthritis, gout. What else can you think of? Diabetes. It says he carried our sicknesses. There are no two ways about it. The Hebrew is very plain. Koili, which means sicknesses. He carried, he, he, it, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And the Hebrew word there again, makob, meaning pains of the soul. Pains of the soul, our mind, our emotions. Whatever mental turmoil, whatever confusion, whatever lack of peace, depression, oppression, you know, not being able to focus, you know, unable to let go of the past, bitterness, maybe anger, coming again and again, you know, weighing us down. It says that he carried our pain, our makob, our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded. You know, the word there, the meaning is he was pierced through. He was wounded. He was pierced through for our transgressions, meaning rebellion. Uh, when we look at these words, you know, transgression, iniquity, it's always the other person. It's always the world outside. Oh, it's a wicked world, transgressing, iniquity. It's always the neighborhood, it's always the in-laws, it's always, you know, transgression and iniquity. But he says he was pierced through, he was wounded for our transgressions, for our rebellion, for my rebellion, for your rebellion. He was pierced through. We need to get it, you know, it needs to come real to us. When we read that, it's not the other man, it's not the other woman. He was pierced through for our rebellion. And he was bruised. The word there, the meaning there is crushed. He was bruised for our iniquities or our wickedness. He was bruised. The chastisement, the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, you know, the blows that cut in. Now that's the meaning. Stripes, the blows that cut in. And we know that Jesus was flogged before the crucifixion. We know that the whip that the Roman soldiers used, it had pieces of bone attached to it, pieces of metal attached to it. So every time he was flogged, it cut into his flesh. And every time it was taken off, it ripped his flesh off. By his stripes, by the blows that cut in and rip out, by those blows, 
you know we are healed we are made whole we are healed amen amazing verses and it happened so many years ago but the fact is this he carried our sins he carried our iniquities he was pierced through for our rebellion for our wickedness and the good news is this that by his stripes by what he carried by what he did by what he accomplished on the cross we are healed we are healed amen now we have so many questions you know with regard to physical healing with regard to emotional healing hey i'm still experiencing those symptoms i'm still going through this trouble i'm still going through this problem you know i still have some symptoms that you know i'm still believing god i'm declaring the word of god over but this is the truth of scripture it says that by his stripes we are healed remember that list that you shouted out the sicknesses and probably the emotional pain and turmoil which means the scripture says there's no need for us to follow there's no need for us to carry because he was a sin bearer and he was a sin offering we studied that last sunday the perfect lamb that carried our sins the perfect lamb that was the offering for our sins he carried it you know some of us are still struggling some of us are still carrying those pains of the yesteryears the remnants those troubled memories you know sometimes emotional pain is much more difficult to come to terms with or heal than physical pain maybe we've been trying different painkillers to anesthetize the pain but we know that the pain is still there when the effect wears off the pain comes back you know my uric acid level was very high a couple of months ago it hit 10 and so you know everything started swelling up and all that so i was taking painkillers pain was excruciating so i had to take painkillers diclofenac um and few minutes after that it'll be fine but i know that after 10 hours maybe 12 hours the pain will be back the pain will be back sometimes we try to anesthetize the pain we try to escape the pain maybe a holiday somewhere or you know total change of scene i've had it with this church i've had it with this family i've had it with this relationship i've had it with this maybe a total change of scene would help now but friends you know wherever we go there we are it's true isn't it wherever we go there we are and so this morning you know we can just come to god and say god i thank you for taking the, this list upon yourself i thank you i believe you god because you know this happened so many years ago and i see in these psalms that so many things written not a word out of place and god i thank you that you carried it for me and i watched a video um, of a skit of this lady carrying a big trash bag you know like those garbage liners that you see a big giant trash and he's she's walking around and jesus comes to her and says you know give me that trash you don't have to carry it anymore give me that but she says no 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 god you don't know what's in there no no i don't want you to take it you know you're so holy you're so you know perfect i don't want you to take it i can't give it to you 
But the Lord says, no, you give it. No, that's the reason I went to the cross. And very reluctantly and hesitantly, she gives the bag. But she, you know, after a while, and she experiences the freedom and liberty and so on. And she's all joyful. But after a while, she dives back into the bag and takes a, you know, a jar or something out of it and says, no, no I need to keep this, God. And maybe some of us are going through that phase and saying, God, I know that I experienced salvation. I know that I experienced your hand of healing and so on. But Lord, I'm holding on to this. I'm going to hold on to this. Oh, no, no. We need to release it to God this morning. Because he carried it with a purpose so that you and I don't have to carry it. No, he didn't expect you and I to carry the burden of sin, to carry the burden or the outworking of sin. He carried it upon himself so that you and I don't have to carry it. Amen? Amen. That's our God. Let's, let's read on. It says, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I think we should turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 and look at verses 24 and 25. It says, um, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Verse 10, verse 9, And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. And, and we know that Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, he gave his tomb, a freshly made tomb for the burial, for a decent burial of the Lord's body. We read that in Matthew 27. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, for he was put him, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So when the soul has been made as an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and, and it's talking about us. Verse 11, he shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many. Justify many. You know, somebody defined it that way, just as if I'd never sinned. Justify many. That is the greatest privilege that we have. For he shall bear their iniquities. Romans chapter 5 and verses 18 and 19. Let's look at that. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verses 18 and 19. It says... Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Verse 12, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he's poured out, he poured out his soul unto death, 
and he was numbered with the transgressors, referring to the thieves who were you know, on either side uh, of Jesus when he was crucified. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Now, this is the thing. His suffering was unparalleled, not only because of the physical you know, pain that he carried. He bore the sin of many. He bore the sin of many. You know, we were not on the scene when he went to the cross. But he knew us and he bore our sin on the cross, which is a mystery. Something that I cannot explain, that we cannot explain. But he bore our sin on the cross. He carried our sin on the cross. And that is unparalleled suffering. You know, if, you, if your hands are dirty, you know, you've seen the setup team moving things around and uh, you know they use these work gloves these days because they don't want to get the hands dirty you know cables are all you know I step on it and then they have to wind it up and you know, if you get your hands just dirty you I mean there's this uncomfortable feeling right you want to clean it up you want you want to wash it you want to dust it off or maybe you you know you put your hand in a puddle or something and you you want to wash but the sinless lamb of god who knew no sin you know when you Thinking about sin, just think about the wars that are ravaging lives. And when you read about these child soldiers and the atrocities that are committed against them in our own nation, so many atrocities against women and children and the underprivileged, so many. It's an outworking of sin. You know, we think sin is lying, cheating, maybe. You know, sin is deadly, sin is so ugly. It's an outworking of sin, all that we see around. And the Bible declares that on the Lamb of God, the sinless Lamb of God, this sin nature of entire humanity was put on him. You know, last night I had some pain in my leg and I was thinking, God, this is so bad. This is so ex excruciating. And a thought entered my head, you know, what if I had to carry somebody else's pain in the knee or the ankle? I said, I was thinking, man, I can't can't do that. Enough is my pain. But Jesus, you know, he carried our pains. He carried our sicknesses on the cross. And not only that, he just didn't carry it, but by his stripes, we are healed this morning. Whatever emotional pain that you're going through, whatever physical pain that you're going through, you know, he carried it on the cross. So you and I don't have to carry. And all that we can say all that we can say to what he's done is thank you. And the only question that we can ask is, why God? Why Lord? Now, does it cross your mind? You know, why Lord? I was not on the scene when this happened, oh God. Why? And the only answer is, you know, God kind of love. That love, you know, sometimes we, we're not able to fathom it. And we're going to spend eternity trying to understand you know, the full aspect of that love. It's because of his love for us. It's because of his love for you and for me. And that is why he did it. No other reason so that we could spend eternity with him. So that we could be saved from eternal damnation. That we could be with him. It's because of his love. Love, precious love. Amazing. 
and he's left all these signs. You know, I was thinking, you know, why is this prophecy fulfillment, prophecy fulfillment? If any of us are, you know, we have doubts, we have, you know, other kinds of reasonings, you know, we can go back. He's left these signposts all over so that we don't miss it. You know, you, I'm sure you know that story where this uh, young man goes off and runs away from home and, um, you know, he lives a, a writer's life and... Um, but one day he wants to come back home and uh, the father puts an ad in the newspaper and says, you know, we're missing you, come back. We've all is forgiven, come back. And then I think he writes, I'm not sure, he writes to the father and he says, you know, I want to know that I'm really forgiven. So when that train comes around that bend before it reaches the station, you know, can you put a white ribbon in that tree which is there? So I'll see it and then I'll know. So he goes, and uh, you know his heart's beating, and uh, his heart's racing, and uh, he's not sure whether that ribbon will be there. But when he takes that turn, he sees a tree that is white. He sees a tree that is full of white ribbons, because the Father doesn't want us to miss any of these signs. He's just saying, hey, I love you so much. Your life, with all its questions, with all that doubts, with all that bitterness, I took it on the cross. All those struggles, all those pains, I took it on the cross. For this one reason, for this one reason, because I love you so much. I love you so much. We read through scripture and we see other prophecies as well. We see that God has left his sign. And this morning, you know, we can come to God. And if you've never, ever really invited Jesus into your heart, you can do that this morning. Maybe you're saying, you know, my life is all messed up and, you know, I've been through so many things and maybe the church has hurt you or, you know, whatever reason it is, can you come to Jesus this morning and say, Lord, Lord, I come before you. I believe that you took my sin, my suffering, my sickness on the cross. And I come before you. And I believe that you died for me on the cross. You rose again so that I could spend eternity with you. I come back to you, Jesus. Maybe there are some of us who have been so frustrated with things, you know. And we walked far away. And we're saying, hey, can I get back? How can I get back? I walked so far away from the Lord. But do you know that the Father is waiting with open arms as we read the prodigal son account? Father is waiting with open arms. And we read and we, and, we, and we see that the son took a step, but the father ran. The father ran. And this morning, if you're feeling so far away from God, can you take that one step towards Jesus? I'm sure you will experience the open and inviting, welcoming hands of our Heavenly Father. And those of us who've been struggling with maybe fighting that good fight and struggling with pains and, you know, uh, maybe it's a physical pain that you're enduring and let's make this our declaration that by his stripes we are healed. We're just going to spend some time, you know, just thanking God. You know, what else can we do? You know, when we, when we see these signs all over, what else can we do? We can just go before God and say, God, I thank you that you took my sickness on the cross. You know, can you say that? 
God, I thank you that you took my sickness on the cross. God, I thank you that, that you took this emotional turmoil and pain on the cross. I thank you that you carried, Lord, the sin and, and, and the curse and everything so that I don't have to carry. I can walk away free from this place. And that's all we can do. And that's all we are expected to do. So many times we try to cover up with our own plans, you know, like Adam and Eve, they sinned and they knew that, oh, something is different. And they quickly got these fig leaves and made a covering and say, hey, we need to cover some things up. Something is not right. And so many times we go, we try so many things, maybe some new age brand of something and we try that and but God says, hey, there's only one thing that can give you that garment of salvation and that's the cross. There's only one thing. There's only one answer. There's only one rock from which the living waters flow, which takes care of all our needs. And I just want to invite us to speak to the rock this morning, to have a chat, say, God, I thank you. Yes, Lord, we come before you as repentant, humbled people, oh God, even as we see your word, Master, it's amazing. It's amazing, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We come before you, Lord. We just lay aside all pride. We lay aside everything that has prevented us from coming before you and having a chat with you, oh God, all these days. We come before you. And God, we say thank you. Say, God, I love you, Lord. And be specific. God, I thank you because you took my arthritis on the cross. I thank you because you took my, you know, gout or whatever pain. I thank you, God, that you took it. Lord, this depression that I've been suffering from, you took it on the cross. God, you, you took the pain. Father, and you know, this morning, even as we read, he's acquainted, well acquainted with our griefs. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted. It's not that God does not know. He knows it. You might say, you know, you might think, oh, nobody understands. Nobody knows pain but he knows it well because he carried it he understands that pain he's acquainted with our griefs so we can go before him and go before him boldly you know, as a child runs to a father and jumps onto the father just go before him boldly say god i thank you i thank you oh god we thank you god we thank you the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face to shine upon you the lord be gracious to you Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom even as you experience the power of the finished work of the cross every moment of your life Amen We trust that this message was a blessing to you We'd love to hear from you You can email us at contact at apcwo.org also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.